السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وعلاه الحمد لله that we are in a gathering that mercy is not only descending and the unseen it also is physically descending upon us and inshallah ta'ala we take glad hopes with this blessed rain that is coming down that is hadith al-ahl bi rabbihi that is fresh from the presence of its Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala that just as this mercy is coming down physically by way of rain that inshallah ta'ala we will all be able to receive his mercy as well subhanahu wa ta'ala and the greatest way to receive his mercy is to be in his remembrance and to be in remembrance of his blessed prophet Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and in reflection, what a blessing it is to have this ability as a human being to be able to remember and to be able to reflect and to use your imagination in the very best of ways. One of the blessed lines that we just recited relates to the beautiful Rawdah, this very blessed place that our Prophet testified to وسلم, between his blessed grave and his, between his blessed pulpit is a rawdah min al jannah. And the ulama says that were you to swear an oath by Allah that you are in jannah when you are there, la yahnith. You wouldn't have to expiate your oath because our Prophet said وسلم, that was a rawdah min al jannah. But the poet said, may Allah Ta'ala be pleased with him, فَإِنْ بَعُدَتْ أَنِّي If it is distant, and I'm unable to reach it. My imagination of it, if I'm unable to physically go, is the very best of all things that I can imagine. You could be in the worst of places outwardly, but in the best of places inwardly. As it has been said, a man is where his heart is. And so when we reflect upon the Rawdah Sharifa, this blessed that place that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored the believers with by virtue of our Prophet sallallahu When we're in gatherings of remembrance, we should use our imagination. Imagine yourself in the blessed Rawdah of the Prophet sallallahu Imagine yourself coming before the Muwajah Sharifa. Imagine yourself encountering Rasulullah at the Hod. Imagine yourself seeing the Prophet Imagine seeing him in your blessed in a dream. Use your imagination in the very best of ways. And the nature of the imagination is such, the more that you imagine something, the more that it becomes part of you and will lead to the first signs of which will be in your dream state. Why is it when you think about a lot of things outward and you incline towards things that are worldly that you have a dream about them? Dreams are of three types. One of the three types is that it could be nafsi, it's egotistical. Based upon what you incline towards, what you think about, what you crave, you tend to see in your dreams. They could also be demonic, but they could also be angelic. And the more that you think about the blessed Prophet ﷺ, and if you've seen him in your dream, then you'll know how to picture his radiant face ﷺ. As the poet also said, that his wajhukad maymun, his blessed face ﷺ, is the greatest of all proofs. As Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Salam, when he saw that blessed face of the Prophet, وسلم, he said that by Allah, that is not the face of a liar. 
and how many people from coming into contact with Rasulullah were they able then to accept the truth of Islam because his radiant presence penetrated into the depths of their being. And by extension, this is the job of all of those ambassadors of the Rasul after him, sallallahu Those who are bearing his message, and Allah Ta'ala has placed it upon their shoulders to be a means for other people to experience the beauty of that all of those who came before us did when they testified to the truth of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. This is a meaning that we hope that you and I all live. And there is no other reason for us to be here in these lands other than this than to be means for people to come to know Rasulullah. As one of the elders that who is now returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the context of the United Kingdom, he lived in England. He spoke to the Muslims there and addressed them saying, you've brought to this country many things and aspects of your cultures that you've brought this country has adopted. He says, but when are you going to bring to your people Rasulullah? When are you going to bring to people the Messenger of Allah sallallahu This is of all of the things that we can bring anyone, this is the greatest thing of all. Bringing people the Messenger of Allah sallallahu But that has to be reflected first and foremost in our own behavior, in our own character, in our own reality. Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed us to come together and this is a night of remembrance in many ways. Remembrance of Allah, remembrance of the Prophet, but also using our imagination and reflecting upon beautiful past experiences that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us to have. When we are reciting the Qasida, that the end part of this Qasida, of this poem, is all about the blessed graveyard in this very special city of Tadim. The graveyard in its entirety is known as Bashar. And then the specific graveyard where you find many of the great sad, including Imam Haddad himself, is the blessed graveyard of Zambal. And he says, Ala Bashar Jadat Rahmatil Bar. And that the rain of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy has covered this place, Bashar. The benevolent one, the one who gives subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this very blessed place how many blessed souls are buried therein. And we, even though we might be on the other side of the earth, if you attach your hearts to these people, and not just them, any of the righteous folk, wherever they may be on the face of this earth, by attaching your heart to them, you benefit from them. Because under dhikr al-salihin tanzara rahmah, when you mention the righteous, mercy descends, which is how we began this evening. When you mention their names, mercy descends. When you recite their poetry, mercy descends. Angels gather, purified spirits gather. Even if we don't see them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses the believers with this. And this is what leads to this good feeling that you have in your heart when you come to these gatherings. These gatherings here are in conformity with what our Prophet brought Why do you leave feeling so uplifted? Why do you feel so reinvigorated? This is because of the mercy that is descending from the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's in remembrance of these meanings that you and I prepare ourselves to be able to deal with the day-to-day -day grind, to be able to deal with the problems that we're all going to face here being in this world as we go through various stages of our life, various trials, various tribulations. But alhamdulillah is that we have people, when you connect to the righteous folk, 
They are people of wafa. They are people of loyalty. They are people that will be there for you, and there are people that will not forget you. And alhamdulillah, as we were thinking of this, these blessed souls who are here with us today, and among them, Shaykh Ala Adi, may Allah Ta'ala protect him Amen. and preserve him. It's what a blessing to be back with him and to be reunited with him. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala brought us together in Tareem Al-Ghanna. And remember visiting him there on multiple occasions in the house that he was renting and seeing him in the gatherings. And SubhanAllah to be reunited with him. And I wanted to share a benefit. It's something that he gave me that benefited me immensely inshallah ta'ala. And this is something that from the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the way brothers are to one another. They benefit one another. And he had asked Sayyid Habib Umar about the intentions that one can make if they're going to reside in Tareem. And these blessed intentions are indeed intentions that you can make when you're in Tareem. But you can also make them by extension in other places as well. And this is the nature of the words of the Waratha, the great inheritors of the Prophet Wasallam, is that their words is that they expand and they give more and more benefit the more and more you reflect upon them and the more and more that you share them with others. And he said the first intention that you can make is Al-Inghimas Fi Ahli Bayti Rasulillahi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam immersing yourself in the family of the Prophet and those that might visit sometime soon these are the intentions that we want to make immersing yourself in the family of the Prophet and this is perhaps one of the most concentrated area of the family of the Prophet on the face of this earth now we might not have that we might have that for instance that members of the Prophet's household that we can benefit from here, like Sayyid Abdul Fatah, may Allah bless us with adab with Sayyid Abdul Fatah and his family and the other Sada and, it, and, and members of the family of the Prophet Sallallahu household who are here with us. But we can immerse ourselves in the love of Ahl Bayt. Even though we can't physically be there by immersing yourself in the love of Ahl Bayt, it's as if that you are there with them. The second intention that he said you can make is Al Infira'ir Allah, fleeing to Allah. This is one of the reasons we chose this particular location. Is it so that we could be in a place where we could worship Allah and learn this deen uninterrupted? And it's actually a good sign that there's not a lot of restaurants here. It's a good sign there's a lot of, lot, a lot of fancy malls here. It's a good sign there's not a lot to do on the weekend. And if people want the dunya, it's not far. You can go down to Philly. You can go to New York. It's not far. If you want it, but we should try to put ourselves in places where we can flee to Allah. Not everybody has to live in this particular area because you can flee to Allah in the middle of the city. But when outwardly you're in a place where there's less distraction, it helps. And we sometimes have to come and recharge our batteries. Fleeing to Allah is a principle of this deen. But this is one of the intentions that we can make. And when Allah Ta'ala says that in the Quran, that firru ilallah, firru ilallah, flee to Allah. The ulama mentioned a number of meanings of fleeing to Allah. What does it mean to flee to Allah? Flee to Allah by fleeing from kufr to iman, from disbelief to faith. Flee to Allah by fleeing from disobedience to a state of obedience. Flee to Allah by fleeing from a state of heedlessness to a state of wakefulness. Flee to Allah by fleeing from a state of heedlessness to a state of remembrance. 
And then there are more meanings that the ulama point to that relate to this. These are all things that we can do practically, practically fleeing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is one of the intentions that we can make and reside in any particular place. And then, تَثْبِيت قَوَعَدْ حُسْنًا وَفَاءْ بِأَحْدِ We've all taken a covenant with Allah ta'ala. But there are principles whereby which you and I can have said to have been from the people that have not only fulfilled that covenant, but we fulfilled that covenant well with ihsan. And being in a place where you have like-minded people, where you worship together and learn together and spend time together, this does tathbit. It roots these meanings in you firmly. And this is what we want to do. We want to be there by each other's side and help one another and to do this work together until the day that we meet our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we don't know who's going to go when. Some of us might live a long time. Others might not live so long. But we need to be there for each other until the end. And then we make the intention of ihya, sunnah al-Mustafa Bring life to the sunnah of the chosen one, our Prophet What a beautiful intention. Let's all make that intention to bring life to the sunnah of Rasulullah Every single sunnah that we bring to life just imagine the happiness that we're bringing to the heart of the Prophet ﷺ. The sunnah of siwak, bring it to life. All of the sunnahs of wudu, bring them to life. The sunnah of clothing, bring it to life. The sunnah of salam, bring it to life. Every sunnah that you implement, every sunnah that you bring to life, there's immense reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through that. Immense reward. من أحيا سنتي بعد من من أحيا من أمات الناس من سنتي فله أجر ميت شهيد in one narration. Whoever brings to life what people have literally killed, what people have abandoned from my sunnah, he will have the reward of one hundred martyrs. من تمسك بسنتي عند فساد أمتي whoever adheres to my sunnah when my ummah when my community becomes corrupt. They're not living up to the standard that the Prophet set, shahid. He'll have the reward of 50 martyrs. Minna, O minhum, Ya Rasulullah. From us or from them, O Messenger Allah. Bel minkum, rather from you. And why? Because you found people to help you, and they don't find people to help them. As our Prophet said, think about the blessings of that. And this is why you and I can never ever despair, no matter what. Make an intention to bring the sunnah a life. Wal amal biha and to put it into practice yourself. Wal musahama fi ihya shari'atihi. And the last intention is, is to take part in bringing life to his sacred law. You and I have to be people of knowledge. We have to learn this deen. We have to learn that how to worship Allah with knowledge. We have to learn the various transactions in the dealings. We have to learn fiqh. In relation to every aspect of our life, fiqh is of the utmost, utmost, utmost importance. And this is why some scholars have said, even though the meaning is general, that when, when the Prophet said, Whoever Allah wants good for, He will give him fiqh in the deen. Now the, that meaning is general. It's understanding of the deen. But the scholars of fiqh, that have the greatest portion of that understanding amongst all of the other sciences. This is why many of them say that, it, that tend to quote that in reference to fiqh, the science of studying the legal rulings of this deen. 
because of its importance. Learning this deen, learning fiqh, worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with knowledge, and then we will see the difference. And if someone thinks that they know everything that they need to know, that I challenge you to read even a basic book of fiqh, and after you finish reading it, come back and we'll talk. Because you start to realize, la hawla wa la billah. Things that I thought I knew, I actually really didn't know. And in closing, we just wanted to share, and it relates to everything we've talked about, the next great trait of futuwa, of spiritual chivalry. And this trait is, as that Imam al-Sulimi says, وَمِنَ الْفُتُوَّةِ الْأَخْبَارِ عَنِ الْأَحْوَارِ عَلَىٰ مِقْضَارِ صَحَبِ الْحَالِ It is from futuwa, to speak of spiritual matters according to your own state. In other words, that you should not talk about the things that you have not lived. And there's a beautiful story that he mentions that relates to an experience that Imam Junaid had. And in this experience that Imam Junaid meets with this very special young man, he calls him a fata, which is from the same, which is where the word fatuwa, spiritual chivalry, comes from. And that it means a young man, but here it's obviously this is a special young man. This is not just any old young man. This is a fata in the physical sense of being young, but also in being special, in that having these traits of spiritual chivalry on the bank of the Euphrates. And so he meets this young man, and he says about this young man, it's as if he's carrying all of the worries and troubles of the dunya on his shoulders. And Imam Junaid that asked him, this is Imam Junaid asking this young man, the fact that he's even asking a question indicates that he's something special. He says that when does someone's wafa, loyalty, become perfect in the world? When does it become a complete trait within one? And then this young man says immediately, Ya Junaid, Men al wafa alatas alani. It is actually from this trait of wafa, loyalty, that you shouldn't have asked me that question in the first place. And so Imam Junaid said that I despaired from getting an answer from the young man. And then all of a sudden he summoned me. Summoned who? This is Imam Junaid, Yani. Surah Allah That there's these special people in the world. And it's not about age. It's not about age. And he said, Ya Junaid, for me to explain wafa, before actually, for me to explain loyalty without first showing that loyalty is not from the way of the righteous. And one of the first meanings that we can take from this is that what kind of encounter is this? These encounters can happen in the secular world, but they don't tend to. The more secular society becomes, the more hidden Allah's people are. But they're still here. And they're still here sometimes in ways that you don't realize. They're still here. But what beautiful, that what, what, what a beautiful aspect of a traditional society that you actually come into contact with these type of people regularly. And anyone that's spent time in traditional societies, these types of experiences tended to happen. And sometimes they weren't so rare. You encounter very special people that you learn amazing things from. And sometimes you don't even realize in the moment what happened. And it's through their spiritual insight that they told you something that then, oh, it clicked later and you'd already parted from that individual. 
And then in general though, even the person is not particularly special or beloved to Allah Taala, is that we should see what people say as coming from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and try to learn the meaning that is being directed towards us, despite who's speaking. And sometimes we learn great meanings unexpectedly from different types of people. And then there's these amazing stories that you hear, like of Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq, where he heard that someone who had been drinking, he was that intoxicated, reciting lines of poetry, he gets off of his mule and writes down those lines. And he was then asked about that, like, what are you doing? Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq. And he said, That wisdom is the lost property of the believer. And he said, why did you get down off of your riding beast? He said, this is the adab of talaqi. This is the etiquette of learning. And some people might hear that and they might question that. But the point here is that this is an imam. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. We take wisdom from everyone. And we have to, though, see everything as being from Allah in order for us to really benefit like that. But the other that meaning here really is, is that you and I have to that realize where we are. And one of the wise said, May Allah have mercy upon someone who is not deluded by their reality. Literally, their worth. The worth of their own soul. And one of the ways that this arises is when the son of Sayyidina Umar bin Abd Aziz bought a very expensive ring. And then it was like worth a thousand that, uh, dirhams. And when he found this out, he wrote him immediately. And he said to him, as soon as this letter reaches you, he said, sell it and feed 1,000 bellies. Feed 1,000 people. And he said, Rahim, and I want you to reflect deeply upon Rahim Allah Imran May Allah have mercy upon someone who knows their true worth, i.e., we are all fuqara before Allah Ta'ala. We're all impoverished before our Lord Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. But by extension, it also that tells us something about how it is that we should be in relation to what we speak about. And ultimately, we shouldn't be speaking about things that we are not really familiar with. We shouldn't be speaking about things that are beyond our scope. And we should just be thankful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with La ilaha Muhammad Rasulullah. And do the best to impart the very little we have. And I remember Sheikh Hamza used to always say this, and he's not exaggerating. If you rewind and go back in history a little bit, none of us would have even been students of knowledge. We would have been blessed to sweep the floors and clean the toilets of the students of knowledge. And no one's making any claims. All we're trying to do in the work that we're doing here is the very little that we've received. And it's not little, not because of us, but because of the blessing that comes from them. It's not little. But from our own perspective, the very little that we've learned and acquired, we're trying to just disseminate it. And hopefully that Allah will put blessing in that little that we've acquired and that little that we're trying to disseminate and that little, inshallah ta'ala, will bring many hearts to life. Not from us, because as was mentioned, the result is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But because of His mercy and from His bounty subhanahu wa ta'ala. But inshallah, that if we're connected to these people of wafa, these people that will never leave us in the dunya, in the barzakh, 
and the akhirah. And sometimes it's not even living in their society. Sometimes it's one encounter with them, one gaze from them. The fruit of that will be everlasting in the next world. These are the true people of wafa. These are the true people of loyalty. Because loyalty is not necessarily just being for your brother unconditionally here in the world. It could manifest like that, and that's great if it's for the right reasons. But loyalty is really what happens on Yom Al-Qiyamah. Whose ranks are you in Yom Al-Qiyamah? Who's going to be there for you? And who's going to be able to be there for you? Your best friend here in the dunya, if it's not for Allah, that Al-Akhillah, like the tr close friends, will be enemies on Yom Al-Qiyamah. But the ones that have, that really, that for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, that established a connection with you, they'll be there for you. And Allah Ta'ala will permit them to that intercede for you and to be there for you and to be means for you to attain His favor. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq and bless us in all of our affairs and give us great openings, inshallah. And bless these gatherings to continue. And may we all receive His mercy, subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala forgive us from all of our sins and to have mercy. And we're going to make a special fatiha for the father of Usman Chaudhari who returned to his Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala forgive him and have mercy upon him, Rahmin. And bless him with the shafa of Sayyidina Muhammad, sallallahu expand his grave, and enter into paradise without any reckoning. Ya Alhamdulillah Rahmin. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa alayhi wa sallam. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa rahmin.